Hi everyone, it's Karen Chong. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the unconscious patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. Have you heard the term past lives before and wondered how that all works? Past lifetimes can have such a profound impact on us in this lifetime, even if people aren't aware that they exist. Today, we're going to peek behind the curtain of the illusion and discuss how past lives work, how they're actually not really past at all, and how we can resolve issues from past lives that create stumbling blocks for us in our current lifetime. And after the discussion, we get to the most important part of this episode. The group frequency calibration that accompanies this episode is where the frequency work happens and where change actually occurs. So be sure to listen to that. Without releasing distortion patterns targeted by the GFC, the change you want will be more difficult to attain because you haven't addressed the root of the issue. Let's get started. So a lot of us have heard of the concept of past lives. Mm -hmm. I wonder, are they actually real? Is mm -hmm. it, how do they affect us? Are they important? Mm -hmm. yeah. Can you talk a bit about that? Sure. So I'm going to answer all that stuff, and I'm going to talk about how they work, because oh. I think that's going to be important for people to understand all those other things you just asked. Yeah. So past lives are things that fascinate people, because it's like you'll notice that, for example, some people have, um, like, uh, like a, a fear that they can't explain. So for example, yes. right? Like some people who have like a terrible fear of drowning and they've never had an experience of being underwater and not being able to breathe, but they actually don't even swim because they're so afraid of drowning, for example. And there's no yes. reason for them to have that fear, mm -hmm. right? Or uh, different things like this where it's not just fears, but like um, it's often fears because people will notice that, you know, more than something else. But past lives can also affect like who comes into your life and if you have the sense of recognition of somebody, you meet them and you're like, I know this person. I've never yes. met them before in my life, but I know that I know this person. Yep, yep. Yeah. So that's a past life thing. Okay, so I think to answer your questions, I'm just going to explain how past lives work from my perspective, okay, and, and from what I understand now. And the thing is, as I rise in my own frequency resonance, what becomes revealed to me changes. Mm -hmm. So this may change, but this is my understanding as it is currently. So a more accurate term for past lives is alternate life, okay, mm -hmm. or alternate lifetimes. Why do I call it alternate life instead of past life? Because you have to understand time and time from different perspectives. So you and I have talked a lot about time. In fact, we did a whole episode just on the zero point of time. There is an episode called What is Time? I think it's episode 80. And there is another episode that you and I did on the new frequency resonance of time. So there's a lot of stuff around time. In order to understand past lives, you have to understand linear time and the eternal now. Mm -hmm. Okay, so everything on spirit level happens in the eternal now. Okay, everything is happening in the present moment. Because we are human and we have brains and we're not able to process, just think of that, everything is happening in the eternal now. Like you can't, it's like mind blowing. You can't even possibly conceive of that because there's so much. So your brain cannot process it. It doesn't have the computation ability to deal with it. So it's much slower than, for example, or it's more finite than consciousness, which is infinite and can process at a greater level. So because we have minds and because we have brains, we take time and flatten it to what we call linear time, where we mm -hmm. have the experience of 
or really it's an illusion of past, present, future. Okay? Mm. We compress it just like we would compress um, music into an MP3. We flatten that information into something that is um, less information and easier to deliver, to send to somebody else, you know, by your phone or whatever. Okay? So it's similar with time. So you have the eternal now, which is happening, like on spirit level, everything is happening in the eternal now. That's actually what is. The linear time is just for our brains to understand and make sense of time. Okay, so I'm telling you this so that people understand the overlap. Okay, so this is going to be a little out there in left field. Okay, if you can go with me for a little bit. If you don't mm -hmm. understand all this, it's okay. Just be in the resonance of what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. Everything happens in the eternal now. The thing that distinguishes lifetime from lifetime is not that it happened in the past. That's the way our brains think. They're actually happening at different space-time resonances. They're different in their resonance mm -hmm. of space-time. So they're actually all happening in the eternal now. All at once, but in different resonances. Exactly. That, okay. All at once, different resonances. The resonances are like little file systems, right? It's like little systems, and you have these different experiences. Now, if you imagine them as little pockets, right? Different space-time resonance having these little ex these experiences, and you as a bigger consciousness having like all of these happen at the same time. Why do you have a past life experience in this lifetime? Okay, what you call past life mm -hmm. experience, or like a bleed through of that fear or that knowing of that a person. A bleed through, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Because what's happened in that particular space time resonance experience, it's happening now, okay, in the eternal now, is so traumatic or so felt or so intense or the relationship was so strong, it pushes out of that space-time resonance and affects the other ones. The resonance is so strong, it bleeds out. It doesn't stay contained in that space-time resonance and it starts to affect the other ones, okay? Mm. So you're aware of it, not completely because you have a mind yeah, that thinks- it's just an essence of. It's like an essence of, like mm -hmm. a faint memory or like this weird aversion to, or a like for something, or a predisposition towards something that you can't explain. Mm -hmm. Like no one else in your family is obsessed with pottery. You, however, wanna like make all kinds of clay things. Yeah. Right? No reason for it, zero. Yeah. But this often will be a past life. So in another, possibly more than one, alternate lifetime, your love for the art of pottery is very strong and you've done it many, many times in many of these different little pockets. So it bleeds up and out through that space-time resonance and affects the others. Mm. Make sense? Yeah, so a very strong affinity to something that seems like kind of out of the blue of maybe your lineage or something, mm -hmm. or a strong fear, mm -hmm. or a strong aversion. Mm -hmm. Those could all be past, past lives. Or even affinity for certain cultures. So for example, right? Yeah. You can have something where you have an affinity for a certain culture, even though you physically don't look anything like it. So I have that. Yeah, yeah. Which with what? African culture. African culture, yeah. yeah. The drumming, the dancing, the people. Yeah. I can't explain it. No one in my family does. Yep. Must but, have been. But yeah. Past lifetime. Yeah. For Chris, my husband's white, right? And yeah. he has a strong affinity for Japanese culture. Mm -hmm. Very, very strong. And there's this form of music called, I think it's called gagaku. I think I'm, I'm, I don't know if that's the correct word. But it's the music that used to be played when the emperor would appear. And he literally will weep 
when he hears it. He's affected by he's it. He's affected by it. It's almost like he's waiting on like uh, tenter hooks for the emperor to walk in. It's like a very revered moment. Wow. You know, so he has this memory of this. Mm -hmm. He's like a white dude from Massachusetts. Yeah. You know, like where where that come from? You know, or for example, for me, I will have um, past lifetimes as native peoples. So mm -hmm. I'll have an affinity for that. Or even though I'm totally, obviously not white, I have past life memories of being Scottish, like in the Highlands. So I have a memory of that. See, it doesn't matter what your skin color is right, in this and right. what your experience culturally is in this lifetime. So in those pockets of life, space-time resonances, and there are often many of them, mm -hmm. okay, where you have these affinities for different cultures, mm -hmm. you recognize them because it's like, that's so familiar to me. And comfortable. And comfortable. Yeah. And even like, for example, the landscape of that space, maybe something that you, it like opens your heart, for example, mm -hmm. right? So like, for example, if we're watching a movie and it happens to be, or even not even a movie, but just like video footage of, you know, places like the Isle of, Island, Isle of Sky or something like this, you know, a, a, a Scottish outlying island, mm. it will make me feel like um, emotional. Wow. Okay. And yes, I have been there once in my lifetime. But typically, <laughs> when you you know, it's not because of that. Yeah. It's not because I happened to go see it that I had this emotional response to it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's something greater. Wow. So when we have these alternate lifetime experiences, especially like I said, if they're very if they're repeated, meaning in many space-time resonances where you happen to repeat in that same culture, or something traumatic happened, or for example, if a wrong was done. So, mm -hmm. for example, um, I've worked on clients where they've had alternate lifetime experiences where in that lifetime they are betrayed by somebody that they love. Mm. So it's hard for them to trust people in this lifetime. I was just going to ask, does that influence our distortion patterns? Yes, because wow. it's happening in the eternal now. I know it's kind of it. trippy. Yeah. It's happening in the internal now. So when the bleed through is enough, when the distortion is strong enough, or the affinity is strong enough, it, you're one, right? So you're, you're going to, on some level, even if it's not consciously, register that and recreate it in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. So the reason frequency work is so great, so there's all kinds of past life regressions and stuff yeah. like this, yes? Yeah. Okay, and I've heard that they do great things and that's wonderful. So the thing about frequency work that's fantastic is that it happens in the eternal now. That's where frequency work happens because it's at the level of spirit. It has to happen at that level right. in order for it to be frequency work at all. It like doesn't at, happen at, here. here. It doesn't it, happen in the, in the physical. In the dense, yeah. yeah, it happens in spirit, at spirit level in the eternal now, okay, beyond space and time, meaning linear time yeah. and space. It happens at that higher level. So that's why, for me, I can delete the distortion in the alternate lifetime. So what happens? Not only does it resolve in this lifetime, it resolves in those lifetimes. Because you're you're working at the source of it, which is in the eternal now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Everything is happening in the eternal now. So if you're working at that level and releasing the distortion pattern, it's like the distortion pattern that governs all of the lifetimes. Right. Right? So it changes. Do you think that's ever a negative thing? Like you're affecting realities in a way that... Hmm, that's you a good know, question. I wonder about yeah, because you, know, you see movies. I'm thinking about movies that Oh, like I the see. butterfly effect or yes, whatever. Yes, where they go back in time and then, oh, now they just... 
Yeah, with they've their changed free will, they change in their Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you're doing it for the better, so well, I don't know. Well, what yeah. I would say about that is I am not invested in an outcome. So in those movies, they're yeah. trying to change something because they're trying to change what happened yes. today, yes. today in the same they way. They don't want their mom, mom to die. Mom die or whatever. whatever. Yeah. So for me, it's not that specific. So I'm never really trying to like make something in the physical happen. Yeah. I'm releasing a distortion that's being presented to me by the person's higher self to resolve in this moment as priority. Mm. So it means that at that point, they're getting stuck right? Whether it's in this lifetime and or others. And it's time for it to be released so that that being's resonance can rise as a whole. Make okay, sense? Yeah. So I'm not, it's not a 3D outcome yeah, of no. like, must resolve this to get yeah, that. Yeah. It's more like resonance needs to rise. We need to release this distortion that's happening either in this lifetime and in others so that the resonance of the whole can rise. Yeah, that's very different. How that shows yeah. up in the physical, I have no idea. And it doesn't know? matter. And it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I know that sounds horrible to some people, but it's true mm-hmm. because it's really about the resonance rising. Right. So it's not like, um, it's not driven in the same way no, that those movies would I can portray see that. it. Yeah. And really, when you help someone's resonance to rise, it affects everyone Everything. else for the better. So exactly. that really just sounds like a great thing that you're doing. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, so the resonance level will rise, in not, like I said, not only in this lifetime, but the other lifetimes. So things start to resolve. And again, it's not like I'm in there with... Uh, saying like this person now needs to resolve this relationship with their mother and in this life it has to be like that it's not that mm-hmm. it's just like all of a sudden this clears and what happens as a result of that it's not for me you know it's like that is what the higher self is dictating so yes. i'm following wow know? that is so yeah. fascinating yeah so someone can have an individual session with you mm-hmm. and work on past lives and mm-hmm. you could you are you able to see um like specifics of past lives or general? How does that work? Generally. So what typically happens with past lives, how I work with them, is it's not requested. So someone doesn't come to me saying, I have this past life issue. It's this. Please deal. It's more like the way that frequency work works, I am not doing something to you. Okay. I am in response to your higher self. That's how it works. Okay. And to pure source. That's what's happening. Mm -hmm. So I'm always following priority on spirit level. Just because you physically request something, we're just going to use the UTF, for example. Okay. So someone's on the phone and they're requesting something for me. Yeah. I'm not necessarily going to fulfill what it is that your mind asks for. I will do my best. Sure. But sometimes that's not the priority. Does that make sense? You talk with the higher self. self. Yeah. So I'm like, "Uh, okay, well, we may get to that. And it's actually this. Gotcha. And it's not because I'm trying to be mean, but it's mm-hmm. simply that the way I function is in the service to raising your frequency resonance, not necessarily getting you what you want, what you yeah. think you want. Okay. So a lot what of people you think you want. what you think you want. Yeah. Because a lot of people will think they want something, but when they rise up in frequency resonance, it's not as relevant anymore mm-hmm. because their resonance has now risen and what was important to them no longer is. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Because mm-hmm. they had a certain distortion pattern. So it changes everything. So what will happen is if we're working on something and it's something like they're having an issue, for example, with their partner, okay, and it's sticky, and we'll start working on the different distortion patterns, and all of a sudden I'll be like, oh my God, this is a past life distortion, it's, right? So I say, I don't say alternate lifetime because nobody knows what that is, but I'll say this is a past life distortion. It is happening in five lifetimes. It's this, this, and this. This is what happened in three of them. This is what happened in two. This is how your relationship was. And I'm saying it very fast because... I'm aware of what they are, but it's like, um, I, I don't dwell in a lot of them, right? I'm like, this is what happened. This is Lilla. And so that that is why you have this now. We're going to resolve it for all of right, them. Right, let's move on. Let's yep. move on, right? So it's not about the story. The story isn't important. Mm. It's about releasing the distortion. Yes. Right? The story is simply our human 
um, uh, like a response to the distortion pattern, how we, you know, do you know what I mean? In whatever way it sure. just showed up. Because some people can get really caught in the story. I'm like, don't get caught in the story. Yeah. Let's get rid of the distortion so that you don't have it in this lifetime and you can resolve it in the other ones and whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. Right? And it will just, everything will move up to the higher order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how things, so it may be that people will say, I've noticed that I have this relationship with this person. Is that a past life thing? That has happened. And you can do that. And I can do that. And oh, I'll be like, cool. yeah, it is. Or no, it's not. Actually, okay. it's actually this. Ah. Okay, so I, that can help. But cool. you, the best way is when it becomes organically. And I don't control it, again, right? Because right. it's not like I'm seeking this for, for you. No. It's just that I'm in response to whatever is being shown as priority at that moment. Cool. Very interesting. Yeah. Another little side note. I know people work with past lives, like you said, with yeah. other types of modalities. Yeah. And I notice a lot of healers, if you want to call them that out there, whether they're legit or not. It seems like everyone brings up past lives of like, oh, you were Caesar in the dead. I'm just like, how can every past life be some (laughs) monument? Aren't there just normal lives where it's just like not anything big? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've actually, most of the past lives that we work with aren't anything like you were anybody. Lives. They're just ordinary lives. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, the other thing too is the challenge. And I'm not saying about this about all past life regression because I certainly don't know every single past life regression uh, tool or process or any modality. Okay. So I'm not suggesting it's everyone, but a lot of the limitation about past life regression is that you're trying to use this lifetime as the act, this space time resonance stamp to delete something that happened in a different space-time resonance stamp. And if you're not high enough in resonance to resolve it in both, it'll come back. Does that make sense? Because you're still having bleed-through from this lifetime, the one in that other space-time resonance. Got it. It's not resolved. Does it make sense to you? You're trying to use this lifetime to try and resolve this one, but Mm. you have to work above both of them, meaning in the eternal now, to be able to resolve resolve them. Makes sense. You can't use this space-time resonance to resolve this one. You can to some degree, but it it doesn't complete it necessarily. It it can reduce it, but it doesn't necessarily completely release it. it And And like I said, I don't know every past life regression modality. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting that it's not possible. I'm just saying from what I can tell right now, okay. that's part of the challenge with it. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I'm remembering a, a friend of mine in the past who she, oh, she couldn't explain it, but she couldn't have anything touching her right. neck. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, probably past life. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like it. Like oh, totally. it's a very strong, strong. Yes. She's never had anything mm-hmm. notable in her, pre- yeah. in that present life. So yeah. it's like, oh, it's kind of, Fascinating. It's totally fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to us because it starts to, and it starts to have us realize that we're more than this lifetime. That's the thing, you Mm. know, more than what we can see influences us. And when you die, the longer you are dead, what happens is you start to be aware of your other lifetimes. Why? Because as you rise in your frequency resonance, as you die, assuming you do that, okay, and you yeah. get stuck in the human realm, yeah. you actually move, you start to become aware of what? Eternal now. And when you become aware of the eternal now, now you have access, you have to, access all to all the lifetimes. And oh. you start to know them and associate, and you're like, oh my God, all those lifetimes. Oh, oh, that time when, oh, now I know why Jim's here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hi, Jim. Right. You know, whatever it is. But my point is, that those boxes, those little space-time resonance, right? I call them little file folders or whatever in different space-time resonances. You can open all of them. They all become visible to you because they're not, you know what I mean? Those Mm -hmm. space-time resonances Mm -hmm. are in linear time. Mm -hmm. They're not 
in the eternal now. Mm -hmm. Until now, all of it's happening, so you have awareness of it. So you get wow. to start to experience that in a different way because it's not, we don't have that association with just this physical, finite lifetime, this is what our reality is. Right. Makes sense as a little box. Right. We start to know from a greater level yeah. what's actually happening. So good point though, even you don't even have to die to realize. No. Yeah. No, you don't That's have to die. That's what this episode yeah. can really help with yeah. too. Like I know a lot of people feel stuck or like we had said before, like life happens to them mm -hmm. or trapped or mm -hmm. whatever the emotion. And it's like, actually there's a lot of greater things happening. Oh, and totally. that can free you even just thinking about that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And the thing is, it all comes down to how, how high your frequency resonance is. So you and I have talked about before the zero point and being able to bridge between the present moment and linear time in the eternal now. Why do you care about the eternal now? Because you get to access information like this. I mean, if it's interesting to you, yeah, yeah it's just, be and it's not, but look, all those things that you're learning in those lifetimes are there for you to grow and learn from. Okay. So it's not like, um, you have to get bogged down in the story of it. Again, that's a very human thing. Yeah. It's to be able to have the awareness. Really, the important thing is that it's not just about this little, this life, this one physical life that you're experiencing right now, that there's these other things happening. And this, the spectacularness of it is that you're learning from all of them. And if you start to think about it and you're like, wow, that happens on many levels, like what, how much you're learning mm -hmm. and how much you are other than just your mind, body, and like what you think of as real, it kind of gets a little trippy. You're like, whoa, that's mm -hmm. a lot going on. I'm like, yes, exactly. That's what infinite indestructible consciousness is. Mm -hmm. It is this infiniteness, this limitlessness that we, it's hard for us to conceive of with our linear minds. Yeah. Difficult. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just kind of like. <laughs> cool. Yeah. For those of you who are new, we're about to start the Group Frequency Calibration, or GFC. This is the most important part of this episode because it's where we actually do the frequency work and where change is catalyzed. So I invite you to settle in and get comfortable. You can sit, stand, or lie down, or if you prefer to walk around slowly, you could even do that too. If during the GFC you find that you start falling asleep, even if you didn't feel tired when you started, just let yourself drift off. That just means that the frequencies are really high and it's more efficient for you to be asleep to integrate them. If this happens, it's good to listen to the GFC portion again a few times until you can stay awake for the whole thing. That's how you'll know you've integrated those higher resonating frequencies. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find that they go into varying degrees of altered state. Please definitely do not drive while listening to this. Okay, here we go. Welcome everyone to the group frequency calibration for what's the deal with past lives. So this is an introductory uh, GFC, and this topic is uh, qu quite large. And this GFC will start to help you either, and uh, depending on who you are, um, clarify past life influences that you may not have noticed in your own life, and or 
clear, start to clear some of them. Okay, so it really depends on how high your own frequency resonance is. Becoming aware of your body. And for a moment, becoming aware of the soles of your feet. Noticing the space between your toes, the space between your toe pads and the rest of your foot, the curve of the arch, just noticing the soles of the feet. Good. And now please become aware of the hollow of your back. Okay, so for most of us, that's between the waist and about the tip of the tailbone. So just noticing this, how much weight it bears, the curve of it, what the curve of the back is touching. If there's tension here, Good. And now please become aware of your breath. And as you become aware of your breath, just notice it for the first couple of seconds, as it is right now, noticing if you have a need to change it, or if you can just observe it. And after a couple of breaths, Whenever you are ready, allowing your breath to deepen. To become much more long. To sink deeper into the body and take up more space. Good. And now, just noticing, scanning your body, noticing if you feel more relaxed, more at ease. As I pull this more into the zero point of time and space. Good. Now please become aware of your surroundings. Now, if you are more experienced, please notice your surroundings and however that works best for you. If you are new, please notice the quality of the air around you. Okay. So you, some of you may feel it, some of you may need to see it. 
So just noticing the quality of the air is different depending on the time of the year, if it's heavy with humidity because of rain or if it's very, very dry, its temperature, its movement. So just noticing the quality of the air as it touches your skin. Yeah, and then blinking your eyes open, noticing the quality of the light. This is different from the quality of the air. So maintaining soft focus, you're not looking at anything in particular, you're just noticing the quality of the light, which changes depending on the time of day, how much sun there is, the time of year, whether it's overcast or foggy, or smoke-filled, whatever it is, the quality of the light in this moment is not the same as it was yesterday at this time. And once you have noticed the quality of the light, for those of you who prefer to triangulate with eyes closed, please go ahead and do that. For those of you who are new, and for those of you who prefer to triangulate with eyes open, please triangulate. Triangulating, for those of you who are new, is to become aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you. And as you become aware of each of these objects, what they are is not important, noticing the distance between each object and you. So, for example, if object A is the dresser and the space approximately or the distance between the dresser and you is about eight feet. Noticing the eight feet and then feeling the distance between the dresser and you. And then doing the same thing for objects B and C. And you'll notice that as you do this with each object, your sense of where you are in space will become more clear, more focused, and more present for you. And whenever you have completed triangulating, closing your eyes, breathing normally, bringing your attention to your heart space in the center of your chest and your nipple line, in addition to the xiphoid process, which is right at the base of your sternum. So your sternum is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest, where your ribs meet in front of your body. At the base of it, where it goes from bone to flesh, is your xiphoid process. So bringing your attention to both the heart space and the xiphoid process, and if it's helpful to put a finger in each spot or a hand over each spot, please go ahead and do that. We're just going to take a nice deep breath here, inhaling. 
holding your breath for a count of five. Whenever you're ready, releasing your breath at the speed and intensity that you prefer. Holding your breath out for as long as you'd like. Noticing what length of breath you choose. And as you complete this one single breath, we're waiting for the mastermind to coalesce and become coherent. So once you've completed that single breath, breathing normally, and whilst we wait for the mastermind, for those of you who are new, please note that I am working on you at the group and subgroup level and that I often work in silence. So if you don't hear me, that doesn't mean I'm not working on you. It simply means that I'm working with very high frequencies. And if I make noise or sound, it drops the frequency resonance, which doesn't benefit you. I do also make sound. So occasionally you hear me exhale or yawn or sometimes hum. And that's how I release some of the stickier, heavier distortion patterns. Not always, but often. And if I say something that resonates with you, it's likely a pattern that you run. And if it's something that you really resist, it's likely a pattern that you run. So I invite you to remain open, curious, and to investigate further. Now that the mastermind has coalesced, keeping your attention on those same two spots, the heart space, the xiphoid process, let's go ahead and ask ourselves the following question. How can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? For those of you who are new, that question again is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source. And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the very center of your body. And as you become aware of this space, becoming aware or imagining, sensing, or feeling a brilliance that emerges from the very, very depths of the center of you, that becomes stronger and brighter because your attention is on it. And as it strengthens, it very naturally starts to expand outwards in all directions, radiating out through all of your cells, your organs, expanding further out through all of your bones, through your flesh, muscles, 
and finally out through the pores of your skin into the space between your physical body and the outer edge of your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Becoming very, very aware of the brilliance within the sphere. Mm -hmm. And now, please become aware of the space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of this infinite space, I'm working to increase your frequency resonance, irrespective of where it began. How high your frequency resonance is dictates everything from your speed at spirit level, how much abundance you experience, what your reality looks like, and how you perceive it. This is one of the most important things we do together. Good. Yep. Bringing your attention now, please, to the inside of your lower ribs, in addition to the very center of your solar plexus, which is your solar plexus is between your belly button and the base of your sternum. Okay, so finding the midpoint in there and then in the lower ribs. The inside of them, okay? The side facing your organs, not the side facing the world. Okay, pulling you more into the zero point of space and time in this space-time resonance. The more centered you are in the zero point of this space-time resonance, the more you become aware of any bleed through from past lives.
Mm -hmm. Becoming aware now, please, of your upper heart, which is between your heart space and the center of your chest and the hollow of your throat. So finding that midpoint, that's your upper heart. Okay. Uh, so for a large subgroup, there is um, uh, like emotional, let's call it wounding or trauma okay, from past lives. You may not uh, recognize it as such, but a lot of you do. It's like relationships with people that um, are in your life now that you can't seem to resolve or that are sticky for no particular reason. So there's um, this happening for a, a very large number of you. So we're going to start to clear this. For a much smaller number of you, okay, this has to do with um, like uh, how to explain, like trauma or abuse in these past lives through through relationship. It doesn't have to be an intimate partnership, right? It could be a friend, it could be a family member, it could be any, any kind of relationship. And if you can, imagine that same brilliance that we imagined at the very beginning starting to come from the very deep center of you and then radiating out through this upper heart space. However that shows up for you. There we go. Uh-huh. Now bringing your attention right to the heart space in the center of your chest and your nipple line. This has to do with trust in time. I know it seems a little odd, but this has to do with resolution. So for many of you, this lifetime is here for you to resolve many of the past lifetimes or alternate lifetimes that you've experienced because you've access to something that can clear it. Okay, so helping you with resolution and trusting in time in the resolution of things in the eternal now, which will then ripple out into your present lifetime and all lifetimes in linear time. Yeah. 
Very nice. Excellent. Bringing your attention to that xiphoid process now right at the base of the sternum and about three inches just beneath it or seven centimeters just beneath it in a straight line right down towards the belly button, clearing out the pain body because your pain body has a memory of you before the work was done. So it's harder to integrate when you're bumping up against your pain body's memory of you with all the distortions still intact. So just clearing it out, it only takes a couple of seconds. To help you smooth integration. Good. This brings us to the end of this group frequency calibration. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. If the topic of this GFC resonates with you, it's very likely that more work than can be provided in this one GFC is needed to clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this one session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support. If you'd like an opportunity to ask me questions in real time, then subscribe to the Spherical Luminosity YouTube channel and click the reminder bell to be notified when I'm about to go on live. For the latest news about upcoming events and to be notified when sessions with me are released, subscribe to our newsletter. Join us and let's rise together.